Hola. Hello. Welcome back to Articulate with me, Steve McJones. I'm your host today. However, there is another one joining us for this episode. Uh, the host of Minds Wide Open, uh, Joey Becker. He's another podcaster that we decided to, you know, we decided to collab a little bit and do like a little part one, part two thing. You know, it's uh, this is going to be part one for it, and he's going to release part two later. And yeah, I've known Joey for a while. He's a really great guy. Always curious, interesting conversation. And I hope you realize that through this episode, because I mean, that's just what his podcast is. And I mean, it's kind of the same with my podcast, honestly. But yeah, I've known him for a while since like I was a sophomore in high school, and he directed Film Club with Logan Marshall, who was on last week. It's a whole thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we decided to do this episode on the topic of like pimping and prostitution, which is kind of a funny topic, but you know, we explain the reasoning and everything in the episode. So it's not just like out of left field, but there is one story that I forgot to tell while we were recording and I wanted to bring it up. It's not really a story, but it's just a little tidbit of information that I learned recently while I was looking into all this stuff. And it was about the song, uh, Mona Lisa by, by Lil Wayne. Ever heard of her before? Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty popular song. If you haven't, you should definitely check it out. It's interesting, at least. I mean, it it paints a picture of a story, which is really interesting. A story of a pimp, basically, who sends out his girls to trick men and con them. And and that's one of the stories that we tell in this podcast episode with Iceberg Slim. But it's just crazy how big these scams are in this world. And not, you know, not only that world, but in how they're reflected in our world and anyways i thought that was interesting and relevant and also it's called mona lisa this is the part that i didn't know it's called mona lisa because of the ambiguity behind mona lisa's smile in the painting in the famous painting so it's like uh, you know relating to the song it's like yeah i mean she's smiling at you but does she mean it you know i don't know it's uh (laughs) It's kind of really not relevant, but I thought it was interesting at least. So, anyways, interesting episode. Watch out for part two coming out on Mind, Minds Wide Open, and I hope you enjoy it. We're in. We're go. We're go. All right. So how do we uh, how do we start this? <laughs> As, well, you chose the topics that you. Well, can well. So let me let's let's see how. I, yeah. Um, so I typically start just by saying, "Hey, what's up, uh, Joey Becker?" And oh. then that's what, and then we just start from there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how, do, how do you usually start? I usually do a terrible job starting because I, I don't... Oh, shit, we're peeking bad. Um, usually, I this is how they start. Me me stumbling and... You stumbling and bumbling? And forgetting to See, introduce the person. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what... I mean, really, that's what the, the first part that I do is for, is uh-huh. just so, like, I don't have to, like, go... I can just say, this is them, and then we go. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It just takes off that way. So, um, about the porn and, uh, you know, <laughs> prostitution industry... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh-huh. Um, because recently I started this show called The Deuce, right? Uh-huh. Have you, like, do, do you know anything about it? I've seen a bunch of the trailers and I'm a big Franco fan, so I knew big he was going to be in it. I knew he was going to be, is he in it a lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joey, Joey, let me tell you, he's not only in it once, but he also has a brother in the show, also played by James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was Dave Franco. <laughs> no, I wish though. I bet, I bet. It probably was supposed to be Dave Franco uh-huh. before all the allegations about James Franco came out. Okay. And and then James was probably like, Dave, you don't need to be doing this with me. Like, you don't need yeah. to be, be wrapped up in it. Yeah, he's like, he had to double down and 
play two of himself just, just to, to <laughs> rub it in a little more. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's a good show. I'm, I've only watched the first season of it, uh-huh. um, but it's also got Maggie Gyllenhaal in it, and nice. it's about, uh, I, I think, like, the 70s or 80s um, during... It's in the Deuce, which is a very, very, like, the shittiest part of Brooklyn, probably. Oh, so that's a city. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or just, like, a spot that they call the, the Deuce, just because oh, it's such a piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I, I really, like, I don't remember a lot of the context to it, but uh-huh. I remember the the stuff that, that stuck, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the important things, like, <laughs> like, all the sex scenes. Most of the sex scenes, right. I, I stuck with Vividly. Right. But it was... <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what's really interesting about it is that that James Franco plays two characters, mm-hmm. um, but also it's about like the you know prostitution becoming you know they're all walking around down there and and you you get to see into the lives of pimps like how they think it starts out with a scene of uh, you know a conversation between a pimp talking about like Nixon it was during the Nixon era to another pimp. And he's like, nah, dude, Nixon's doing it right. Because he's, like, playing it like, you know, you got to show a bitch. You got to show Vietnam. You know, you got to show him that you're, like, doing something. You know, like, uh-huh. you may not be doing it to win, but you're doing something, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the exact conversation that they had. But, um... So, Nick, wait, Nixon has a conversation with somebody? No, no, no. Nixon's not in it at all. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, shit. No, but it's too a show about porn, that would be funny. Yeah, that would be. Really, they should have. But anyways, <laughs> um, it's two pimps and one. P- they're talking politics to each uh-huh. other, and like the other pimp is like relating to Nixon because he he gets it. You know, he's like, oh no, man, he's just playing it like it is. Like that's how you got to play the game. Mm. And that's where I really wanted to get this conversation topic going is how the industry and like prostitution and. It, it, it is like it's like the lowest level of like scum not even scum but just people who are, were put in shitty situations right mm. and it brings out the worst in people and yeah and but it really is like a, a representation of how i mean society works nowadays like within capitalism at least yeah yeah totally it definitely i th- i think well a lot of it gets into would it just would it be that way a lot of people advocate for legalizing it because they think a lot of the problems that cross over by people involved with uh, that kind of an industry, that there's other aspects of like poverty and drug addiction and yeah. uh, sexual abuse and stuff that often happens. And whether it's in porn or I know that's a lot of criticism I've heard people make about porn too, is that it's like, you don't know a lot of the background of how some of these pornos were made and what like shit went wrong. Cause it's very, there's a lot of money involved. It's very private. And, right. Um, but, I mean, I would like to think that a lot of them are also, you know, professionally made and, and done in a very safe way. Hopefully, <laughs> very, the majority very safe of them. Way, I wonder yeah. if there's any like <laughs> any studies that have been done on that. To but again, it's like it's it would become a lot of that's what makes things like sexual allegations so complicated is the nuance of them and not mm-hmm. and you have to treat each situation situation individually. So it's like obviously things like this can and do right. happen, and it's easy to get away with based on like how loose the investigations often are right well i mean so that's where the, the franco allegations come in you uh-huh. know what i mean like he's shooting a show about the porn industry Which you I'm know really, i was really surprised to see that after well i think that was probably what the allegations came out about i mean obviously he was a theater actor and people were saying there was a little bit going on there too uh-huh. but in reality if you're shooting a show about porn and prostitution there's going to be some some scenes that you're going to have to shoot that are going to make people uncomfortable you yeah know? for sure and actually something really interesting this is one thing i do know about that show um while still going to the right state hbo is like pioneering and creating a new 
um, like offshoot a new position within the filmmaking that's like an intimacy director. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a, um, a sub-director that focuses solely on sex scenes and other uh-huh. scenes of intimacy. And she came here. Um, and she came? Yeah, to Wright State. All, all over here? Yeah, she, oh, okay. yeah she, came on, she came and did a sexual demonstration where, <laughs> where she safely ejaculated on, on the students. Jesus. So, that is um, not what happened. No, but that's, was, there was, it's basically like having an HR person right on set. Exactly. It's right a, there. Like a lot of, and that's kind of what she talked about, why it's important, why... Kind of like the ins and outs of, of she really showed her process and like how she specifically does it on the deuce and mm. introduces. Oh, she was on. Other. She came here and she was on. She worked on the deuce. She, she's the intimacy director wow. for the deuce. And wow. She created this position. She was one of. The, she had done it on a few indie films and um, the, the HBO hired her because they were like really impressed with the what uh, she was kind of starting up and the uh, job she created. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. The market. That's crazy. Is, yeah, it's wild to. to think that can still happen even if, like, <laughs> there's still new jobs right even in filmmaking made. like if i feel like it's been going on so long you think there's you know we got all the pieces we need for the puzzle but i think that one makes sense for the biggest at, like flaw maybe in in hollywood where you hear shit about like marlon brando and that i can't remember what movie that is but him and the director um He's an Italian director. I can't remember his name. I haven't seen the movie, but mm-hmm. it's like a really controversial film because it's supposed to be like really fucking good. But then now, years later, the, the actress talks about how badly she was um, fucked over in it and like was pushed and pressured into doing scenes she didn't want to do, and yeah. she wasn't making nearly as much as Brando. And um, and I mean, Brando's dead, so there's no. And but the film and the filmmaker's been kind of like ostracized, I think, in in filmmaking, but or in the industry. But, uh, so I think it's good for stuff like that. Like you really need that. But, um, I guess getting back to prostitution, I feel like (laughs) (laughs) that's stuff that's, that's, it was cool to, to have her come and and talk about it. And that made me think like, oh, this is how it gave me more clarity and confidence that there was probably no issues with the deuce. And there might be some, you know, Mm -hmm. but that, or just, I mean, to know that they have that, yeah. Intentional taking Mm -hmm. advantage of people. It's a hard thing. I've directed some intimate uh scenes and movies before and like uh, it's it's not it, you just have to be very aware careful and the comfort of the actors and like the clarity of how you communicate and continuing that line of communication is like essential you know so i think yeah. directors can do it you don't have to be you don't need necessarily mm-hmm. an intimacy director for every project i don't think but they definitely help and it takes a load off of the director to focus oh, more on the sure. creative vision but um, I definitely, yeah, I, I like where you're going with that because I want to get into that, but I think that's more going to be towards like, um, I, I just want to give a little bit of background first, like, a, you yeah, know, sure. with, with like the, with, uh, I mean, before we get up to the moral line, yeah, about the, <laughs> the, philosophy of the philosophy of, you know, the ethics behind, <laughs> uh, selling your body, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, an interesting topic. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it really is. And it's a shame that people are going to see these, this episode come up and be like, oh, they're talking about porn and <laughs> prostitution. Come on. It's like, this is real. Like it happens in our world, you know, today, like it still happens. And again, I really want to get into that. Well, but. that's the irony, right? There's such a taboo around it yet. Everyone, no matter how pure you are, <laughs> is like, is sh- at least shamefully looked up porn once in their life. Oh or, yeah. You know, there's that range of it. And then you have all the at way to porn shamefully. addicts somewhere in between is yeah. people that <laughs> most people <laughs> casually, like casually watch it or have seen it or, you know, have some experience with it and or, everybody or have been in it yeah exactly on and purpose same, or accident and same with prostitutes i mean everybody's bought 
prostitute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, been in it or around it yeah, at some point. Yeah, been a prostitute. Been a prostitute buying or a, a prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's really interesting, and that and that's really what kind of got me uh, worked into it. And I want to come back to the deuce and like a, a little bit about the characters and everything into yeah. it. Um, but the deuce is set around the seventies and eighties, right? But prostitutes have been around since like. You know, Roman times even. Is you know what I mean? Yeah, well, well there's brothels, right? Yeah, yeah, those yeah. those other things. Like I haven't, you know, I didn't like look that deep into the history. Yeah. Is like, well, prostitutes go back to cavemen where they would <laughs> yeah. trade fish for <laughs> for casual sex. Yeah. Well, then everything was kind of prostitution, and they, like men were. Yeah. See, in the worst. That's what happens when you go back too far. <laughs> yeah. Is we're just like, oh yeah, we were savages. Remember, <laughs> remember that point? Remember when we were savages? And yeah. then you like look forward and see the progression, yeah. and it's like, oh, we're still savages, but we just cover it up better now. Right. Um, <laughs> but so uh, another thing that really got me interested in uh, the reflection that I want is what I wanted to talk about, like to society. Is brought up in Dave Chappelle's, uh, I think it's Equanimity. Mm. Um, it's one of his specials mm. that he he does like a two parter, and the first one's in a big a big stage, and I think that's the one where he talks about Bill Cosby and and whatnot. But then he does another one that's on a, a much smaller set with a it's very intimate. You know, he's smoking a cigarette on stage, sitting on a stool, mm-hmm. and he he have you heard about his famous Africa trip at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I've talked about it a little bit on my podcast, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for those of you who don't know, he had the Chappelle show for two seasons, and then they offered him a shit ton of money, and they also wanted him, they wanted to restrict him a lot with that yeah. $50 million, and they kind of fucked him over out of the money, too. And so, you know, he wanted to leave. He was like, no, I don't want to take this offer. You're, you're fucking me over. Yeah. And they were like, well, if you do that, we're going to make you seem like a crackhead in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make everybody, like, we're going to make the media just post all about that. And so he went to Africa where he's like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that at all. That's so fucking brutal, dude. Like, he, that's insane to make something up like that of that magnitude. It just sounds so mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's, well. Like, I can't even believe it happened. But I mean, and that's what we know you know what i mean that's just what we know like that shit probably happens all the time you know so this is the story he told so it was about he was relating um this story about so there's this book about iceberg or i I think iceberg slim Mm -hmm. is his name who's a pimp in um during you know the depression era and coming up during the war and whatnot Mm -hmm. and so he tells the story he's like i can't talk about what happened to africa but i'll tell you this story um about this uh, pimp in in the 40s and 50s who what happens in the story is he you know every every hoe uh, you know i don't know what to call them every girl <laughs> every, he was calling every bitch shit. yeah every <laughs> i'm just kidding all right i'm gonna use these terms around these women are I, we will uh you know I, i'll refer to them as the terminology in the industry uh-huh. but i also want to the disclaimer that i know that they're degrading and i know that we shouldn't use them anymore right but for the sake of yeah contextualizing this whole thing so there's you know each bitch has mileage right and you know you can look at a girl and be like oh she's good for 500 tricks you know she's good for to like get that much money or something right Uh and there's a point where they are going to break. They are at 498. She's acting crazy. He's telling, he's, t- he's just like, yeah, I want to join the circus. You know, I can juggle too. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, all right, all right, bitch. Like, you know, I just need you to do this one more thing for me. And like, I'll let you go. He's, she, he's like, I need you to go over to this dude's 
you know, in this room, you, and that's how the industry works too. So in the porn, in the prostitution industry, they have a big building where they rent out all these rooms, and so so you know you can you can come up to these prostitutes, give them the money. It's like uh, in the show, it's like forty ten, so it's forty for the sex and then ten for the room too. Okay. Um, so yeah, so they go up and in that way you don't have to bring them back to your house. <laughs> it's like, honey, I'm bringing a prostitute over. Can you <laughs> yeah, clean up you don't a little have to bit. Tell your wife. Yeah. <laughs> All right, daddy's going to bring a prostitute home, but yeah. you got to make sure. That's the, that's the level of normalizing we need to get to, to where prostitution is not taboo, to where these... these <laughs> we have to do it in these shitty hotels, you know? These genuinely heartfelt men are bringing home their, their side chicks to, <laughs> to their families and introducing them, and everybody's getting along. That that's, should be, yeah. That's what, that, that is the aim. That's, that's the, the goal of society, aim. because we are savages. Oh. Right. <laughs> Uh, but not me, but most yeah, yeah. men, everybody else, everybody else, for sure. <laughs> You're the Dalai Lama. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have sex. Yeah. Um, so he has to, so he's like, listen, bitch, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to, this is your last thing. You know, I need you to go into this room, slip, slip this into this dude's drink and then, you know, steal his, you know, he's got a big briefcase of money mm. in there. And so she's like, yeah, well, I'll do that. Of course I'll do that, you know. And she, you know, hops on her unicycle over to, over to the room. <laughs> and he's like, oh, maybe he, she, she should do a circus, you know. Yeah. Uh, but goes into the room and, like, does it. And she's up there for a while. And he's like, what is going on? You know, he's like, why is she in there for so long? And eventually he comes in. He, like, walks in the door. And she's like, oh, Slim, I'm so sorry. Like, he, like he, I don't know what happened. He's not looking right. And, and he, like, looks down. He's like, bitch. You're right. He is not looking right. He's like laying down, like dead on the, on the ground. He looks like it, and uh, and she's like, I put some, I put it in his drink, and he's like, Wait, you put the whole thing in his drink? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and she's like, oh, well, not so. And so, and she, and, he, and she's like, I can't believe we did this. And he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. we didn't do anything. <laughs> you killed this dude. Right. And uh, yeah, sorry, it's kind of a long story, but no, it's, no, it's, I've heard it before. I forgot about it though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and so he gets like a doctor to come up, and she and he's like, "Yeah, this dude's dead." Well, so they get the the money, the the briefcase, and there's like a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. more than they'd ever seen, and pays the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, this dude's really fucking dead," mm-hmm. and uh, and then he goes off, and then they you know hire some other people that owe like a big favor, and he's like, "You know, we're gonna clean this up, but it's gonna be a big favor between you and me," and they come up, roll his body in like a carpet and whatnot, and put him away and, and so you know everything's cleaned up and it's him and the girl again and he's like all right you know like we're in like we got a secret now like we got to keep this between you and me and you're gonna have to stick with me for longer and he says she probably got he, he probably got like another six months out of this girl mm-hmm. and wh- what happened was the in, in actuality all of those people that that do the died he was an actor the doctor he hired was a butcher that happened to have a white coat that he oh, paid God. yeah and then the You're the movers he moved so he had these these friends yeah that's what i'm saying so that's what like he was like that that was the story that he related to what happened to him mm-hmm. in that's, that's with africa analogy. that's what i'm saying so it's like this this idea of you know pimping it seems savage at its core because that's really why, why I'm interested in the idea of it at least this is what the deuce like showed to me is like it is like humanity at its core you know because life mm-hmm. is all about sex yeah. <laughs> if you want to come down to it I yeah. mean just instinctually naturally animalistically uh-huh. it's all about sex and to and then also about power you know and mm-hmm. so to make money off of sex is really breaking us humans down to you know, the core. Yeah. And I think that's what it, I, I, it's weird because I feel like that 
type of we only look a lot of times as a society we look at like the 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 dirtiest the uh, like uh, what's what people call the what is it the underbelly or whatever the underbelly yeah we, they look at the underbelly and they're like this is the the most gross part of society and it's like it's when it's like fucking inappropriate sex with poverty and mm-hmm. and power and, and still abusing it but mm-hmm. so much of what makes prostitution wrong and what you described there it has nothing to do with really the sex it, it, it as far as the abuse of power goes it's about the the fucking the head honcho mm-hmm. manipulating people to like do what they want and stay Push around things, and not yeah. be able to to break through and like have their right. the integrity of like they have to sell their soul in a lot of ways and that happened in a it happens yeah in comedy and art and any other I feel like art is something that you know people like Dave Chappelle they break through it the most because and he's one of the few examples that really has done it because he just you know he didn't take it anymore and that he he dropped out but then he was able to have this epic comeback and transcend it and I think he's, mm-hmm. he shows he, he's a perfect a shining example of someone that handled this the bullshit so well especially under pressure the power yeah he and how hard money. that had to be dude to like turn down 50 million dollars Jesus well, Christ and I'm sure and people can say stuff like oh he's already rich so it's not that heartbreaking and whatever but it's like at the end of the day he was doing what he loved mm-hmm. he just wanted to do what he loved and like everybody I mean, money doesn't make everybody happy. Obviously, it makes it easier, and I'm sure that was part of something that sucked too. I mean, 50 million sucks to turn down, but I'm sure what hurt the most was having to being put in a position where he had the only reason he had to turn it down when he was so close to being able to have something like that, and just like an even more legendary run of mm-hmm. best sketch show of all time. He had to compromise that just because he was told not to be himself anymore. When what built the fucking thing in the first place was him being himself and having oh, yeah. that freedom. I mean, how many he talks about too, and they're in Sticks and Stones, like how much pressure he had of like people them trying to to monitor his words and like mm-hmm. thought. Oh, the S and T, yeah, the standards and practices. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't say you know that. Well, I can't say it either. But you right. know, he's like, oh. you can't say this on. Yeah, if you know the joke, you know the joke. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you don't have to beat it. Not that you should be afraid of saying it either. But I, yeah, people know the joke. They know what he says. Yeah, and I, he has a he has a great point, dude. It's hilarious and it's poignant and it's it's and that's the, the like the not to go too much down on Dave Chappelle rather than keep <laughs> it as the analogy you were making. But yeah. it's true. Like it's he everybody's getting pimped out. When the, right. in, in unchecked well, capitalism, so everybody's fucking everybody's exactly. A That's all what the it's all. We're all the hoes for sure. But and unless they don't you're give having some shoved it. up your ass, then it's then it's not dirty. Like people don't really they they don't see. I, and I think a lot of people do. You know, like that's uh, something that you know the left and right does like agree on is like they have a lot of skepticism of bad parts of the government. But I think a lot of times they you know they pick sp- certain topics that. Just, personally it, I mean it gets them passionate exactly you know, and yeah. then you to add all the misinformation and shit like that <laughs> some sort of uh, some sort of effect obviously <laughs> no but I mean what I was gonna come back to a little bit was like you were talking about Dave Chappelle you know in the end that girl was a prostitute she chose to be a prostitute you know what I mean and uh-huh. and, and you know you can debate like her background and everything, which I actually kind of wanted to get into a little bit, and like mm. the options she was presented, especially during yeah. depression era and whatnot, you know. Yeah. But in the end, that's you know, it was her choice. She was okay with you know being a prostitute. Mm-hmm. What she wasn't okay with 
was going past 500 tricks. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she, she knew she was coming up on that on that breaking period. Yeah. They both knew it, and yeah. and that's where that line comes in. You know, that's where that power, that that upper power comes in. Mm-hmm. That money, because they have that money, because they're the ones controlling it, mm-hmm. and and just forcing somebody into doing something way more than they, you know, just doing some bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that it's makes really a person crazy. Um, but so I, I, it is something I wanted to like get into a little bit because it was like, um, where these, the, the idea of being a prostitute, you know, mm-hmm. I think the general public looks down on the idea. I mean, we've kind of covered this, like general public's idea of being a pimp or a prostitute is like, ew, what the, f-? you know, why? Like, mm-hmm. that's disgusting. Why would anybody ever want to do that? That's so sad. It's, uh, you know, it's, you're in a life of poverty like it's right. gross like what do you want to do right. but also these people are fucked up from the beginning like iceberg slim when he was a kid his dad left him but before he left him he threw ice he didn't want the kid he threw him at the wall and like yeah like like threw him at a wall while he was a baby That'll rattle you. yeah a little bit and <laughs> yeah and then from there so that's already kind of fucked up doesn't have a dad and living with a single mom who's already you know she goes off with uh, you know a, a pimp another type of pimp or whatever but mm-hmm. when he's 3 years old he also got uh, molested by a nanny you oh, know yeah. like and Damn. he was 3 years old consistently you know and that's where the idea first comes in for him as sex being like a you know like a transactional type of thing right mm-hmm. so it, it, it's just like at some point it's like is it really like that's that was the life they were presented you yeah, know? yeah. I don't see it any differently than you know, like, and I think oftentimes it is, and that's what makes these things complicated. Is there's so many different facets of like uh, s- different systems intertwined, whether it's prostitution or poverty or drug addiction or or issues with uh, like females facing different forms of oppression and like men and the patriarchy being on top <laughs> of that. It's like whatever you get into, but if you can. If you can empathize at all, which in my mind you should, you should have lots of compassion for people who, you know, only have so many options, especially when you grow up in it. I mean, it's, it's every, when it's this, when it's of this magnitude, like you can't just point at the people and, and blame it all on them. But I do think some accountability, like you're saying, is like vital because they do have like some people do get out. You know, you have the Kevin mm-hmm. Hart's and the. And the the Joe Rogans and the even uh, that, Childish Gambino was yeah, from not Atlanta. Just comedi- not only, it's not just comedians that are in poor communities. And yeah, that's not the only option. But that's a, you know, that's a common denominator. Yeah, us. we both like comedy. Yeah, and, so, yeah. and most and a lot of a lot of white and black people get out of tough situations tough situation, with comedy. Sure. Whereas, black people more though, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the black people is they talk about you know it's rap and basketball a lot of times your options that are drugs yeah or and and obviously it's like there's plenty of examples of isolated incidents where other black people have overcome that and not like Mm -hmm. and have done other things you know Mm -hmm. and but i think what people are really getting at is like forget about the the pair the paradigm we're living in of the the class divide just look at the, the impoverished people specifically if that's if we're both on the page of like we want to solve issues that exist in those communities. Prostitution's no different because you, it's it's a cyclical thing. Oftentimes, like you said, like Slim went through that went through very similar things himself that he later regurgitated back into mm-hmm. the world to like to make it a worse place. And is he a terrible person for that? I mean, no more than you know the the drug dealer that gets in a shootout and kills people or like yeah. or gives some people some 
dirty drugs that makes them overdose or something. And mm-hmm. there's levels to it for sure. And I, that's where I'm at. Like, I think obviously when you look at both of those people, what was the girl's name again? The prostitute? Uh, you know, a nameless. A nameless. It, it would okay. probably something like Bust the Thighs or something. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right, so Bust the Thighs <laughs> and, and, and Pimpy Slim here. Pimpy Slim. They, uh, they, they're on different playing fields, I think, on their moral compass. But both of them are like deeply flawed people, and everybody's deeply flawed. Some people are more flawed than others, obviously. In this instance, we haven't all thought we drugged a man, even though that was a, a fucking illusion too but oh, yeah. in her mind she did something she killed, way yeah, she more killed wrong dude, although sure. she's you know she's reinforcing by being a prostitute a lot of the um being a part of a system that is corrupted and like um, <laughs> we all are bro <laughs> yeah dude we're all contributing <laughs> but, but we are you know and like some people are contributing more the more involved you get and stuff and i don't think it, it's, it shouldn't be about when you're talking about like whether it's whether something can be in and of itself right or wrong in a certain way there's better forms of, of prostitution than than the system we have now, and I think that's mm-hmm. what we should... At the end of the day, somebody's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if... I think a lot of people do it as a last resort at this point, too, but I think even if you did legalize it, there would be plenty of women that you know still wanted to do that. There's plenty of women oh, that wanted sure. to I mean, it's or, legalized in Australia, yeah. and it's very controlled over there. It's very clean. Every All of them get tested. Yeah. It's, um, you you know they have cleaner rooms. You know you, you can bring them back to your house and introduce them to yeah. your family if you want. Yeah, like, they won't oh, even yeah. notice. They'll think they're they're all like clean cut and yeah. <laughs> well kept. And yeah. You wouldn't even know. It's just a business deal. It's easier, yeah, it's easier just to a hide. transaction at that point. Oh god, um, that's be- that's better for everybody. Anybody that wants to you know have sex with a prostitute, <laughs> nobody wants to fuck somebody that's a prostitute and wearing rags and got scabs from drugs and fucking i mean sometimes (laughs) maybe some people do and maybe yeah yeah that's what i'm saying is you don't know like i personally wouldn't buy a prostitute to begin with but second of all i would feel bad paying less than you know there's people who'd be like you know yeah it's it's like you know some people are like yeah 20 bucks i'll do whatever you want it's like jesus christ 20 bucks i wouldn't you know for 20 bucks i'd maybe like i don't i don't know (laughs) i don't want to get into that conversation what would you do for 20 bucks for 20 bucks have you got steve dude i would i mean i uh, Listen, listen, $50. dollars $50. It's really generous of you. Yeah, yeah. That's we, at least $50. We need more uh, consumers like you that aren't so concerned about <laughs> the money, but the quality of the experience. It's not. It shouldn't be about the money. Yeah, and the ambiance. It's really about the ambiance, okay, really. Yeah. You're a romantic. I am. I am. And, <laughs> we should, you know, if we, we need were, pimps like you, too, honestly. That's what I'm saying. We need so, heartless pimps out there. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because maybe I should be a pimp. Yeah. You know, I'm, a, I'm out of college. I got a degree. Why yeah. not? You know, why not join it? <laughs> yeah, dude, you're, you're beefing up. You've got the, the shaved head now, the, the, the earrings. Like, you got oh, the, yeah. you've got the suave of a, you just need a fur coat now. And that'll come. Like, and that'll you gotta, come. You exactly. Earn that, you got to earn it for sure. <laughs> I got to spend uh, some time in, in the. In the in the clinker, you know. Oh my god! Wait, I already have check check. Oh, I got that one. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do I need to become to uh, to, oh, to become a pimp. Um, but yeah, so you know he, I, I don't know the this idea of these people it, it, selling their body. The thing is, they're selling their body and their life to this thing that they think is like they know that they're being looked down upon, but they think mm-hmm. it's their only option, and so for them, it's the only moral decision they really have to make is like okay i gotta keep doing this you know yeah um but to relate that to you know there's this i mean back to dave Chappelle even there's this barrier of where you become you know like 
all the people who are making more than $50 million, you know, or like if you, you know, you can, you can earn probably what six figures and still be looked down upon, mm. you know, well, six figures, a million dollars, right? I think that would be like a yeah. hundred thousand, isn't it? hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah, yeah. Dude, dude. But, <laughs> but six figures to you and me seems insane, right? Yeah. yeah so totally. there's people who are making six figures and there's people who are making millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. and they look down at those people and there's just some barrier. That's where that 50 million comes in with J- Dave Chappelle. He, he, I've heard him talk about it. You know, it's this barrier barrier where it seems like to us doing these shit jobs is our only option. And like the only moral decisions we have to make are don't be a prostitute, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, or don't be a pimp. And, and they, I, I don't know, they get to, they are, you know, the, the big pimps. Like they're, they're. Mm-hmm. They get mm-hmm. to control everything that happens down right. upon us. You and it's know? so, f- it's, it's such a vast separation between like the classes. And I was listening to a podcast recently of where they're uh, about meritocracy. It was on Sam Harris's uh, Making Sense podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of focusing on that the super rich compared to the rich, like th- that 50 millionaire, if, if, if Chappelle did get that 50 million, mm-hmm. they're still serving a pimp. The, the super yeah. rich, the divide between the super rich and the rich is so fucking like out of whack now that it makes rich people look poor. Yeah, and that's and, and to some degree, I mean, obviously there's a lot of differences, but like at it's kind of, I mean, everybody's got and if you, unless you're the master, everybody's got a master, you know, a like master, the, and it's yeah. you're playing you're forced to play into that hierarchy, and when it's and the higher the master is, the dirtier it's going to get. Exactly, dude. and that's like, I mean, I'm very critical of capitalism and everything too, and I think that is ultimately what a system like that or what have gotten us here to be like for these systems to be abused in the way that they are. But, uh, I, I mean, there's really, no other <laughs> system that could work. Right. That's how I feel is it's like, I think Logan talked about this on your, epi- uh, maybe it was Logan or maybe it was a different podcast I was listening to. But mm-hmm. when I was listening to you guys, I thought he said something about like, what else is there? Like, yes, it's, it, it's, it's the, it's the best worst idea we have or something like yeah. that as far as systems go for economic systems go. That was Logan on mine. Yeah. yeah. Funny. <laughs> I, I can't even remember where I first heard that. I know somebody else said that too. Somebody with a bigger brain than both of us. <laughs> but it's such a good point. It's like, it, it, I, I think when you really do look at, at history and that's what, I mean, I, I definitely lean left right now, I guess. And especially on an issue like prostitution, because I think that will make it better. You know, you look at places like Australia that have taken measures to, to, better that that kind of a uh, uh, lifestyle and and Mm -hmm. make it the safest it possibly can and it works Mm -hmm. a lot better are there probably still some girls either being or or guys too that are being abused Mm -hmm. or or are having some sort of uh um self-conscious crisis of their own because they're like this this uh complex they have of what it means to sell their body like do that i think there is like i don't inherently think it makes people insecure because you got plenty of prostitutes and and pornography stars and uh and strippers too that like that are very confident in it and their their mental health is like they take care they they can take care of their mental health and other aspects of their lifestyles it's not just as simple as that one thing making them like weighing down on them and sometimes it can be that too like if other aspects of your life are kind of collapsing in on you uh, mm. I would think your your way of life at that point is gonna it's gonna be how could especially with the way it works now it's it's mu- it's way too hard for someone who wants to be confident and thinks they're confident within that like sex work to yeah. be to stay that way because they've got all the the masters and all the all the uh, 
issues that face it weighing down on them. They're fucking dodging bullets. Like, <laughs> I'm doing this the right way. I'm doing this the best way I yeah. can. And, like, I'm, I'm proving that it doesn't have to inherently be a bad thing. And I, there's nothing inherently bad about, you know, uh, having uh, consent, consensually putting your your dick inside something <laughs> or right. taking it taking, taking something into something yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. but the other side but when you start throwing all these other things at it and you have all these other like like the power the money yeah and the, the money, money and like all, all of those things these like these things that are innate flaws to humans mm-hmm. when unchecked like it's gonna it's gonna compromise any any good thing that can come out of it or any safety out of it and and, and predominantly at least you know there's gonna be the strippers that have some sort of privilege that allows them to shoot for the stars and be the best <laughs> confident fucking stripper they can. Yeah. But it's too hard and it's too, it's, it's too unsafe. And, uh, yeah. I mean, there's always going to people trying to like, first of all, there's going to be the people like, you know, the strippers make, well, they can make like 200 grand a year if yeah, they're dude. in nice places, you know, and, and like and that's more, where they want to get. Too. Yeah. Even more. Exactly. And, uh, but there's always going to be somebody who like, I, I, I was at work the other day and there's, apparently there was somebody that came up to the bar talking to the bartender and it was just like just like yeah but you're a bartender like you're like she's probably like 30 something i don't know maybe Mm -hmm. younger um but you know later like 25 and older (laughs) yeah i don't know but at that point it's like you're kind of after 25 i feel like you definitely have to think about the future a lot more and like setting up you know a job that you're going to be working at for a while and she's bartender at that point it's like it's an industry you're allowed to do that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's again this so where i come from is yeah she's good first of all bartending is great money you know what i mean like especially if you're good at it in a fancy place and, and oh, yeah. it can be really good money but there's always going to be somebody to come up and be like you're a fucking bartender you know yeah. what i mean like you're a fucking yeah. stripper you're a piece of like trash you know yeah. you serve me kind of yeah. thing and that that type of thinking i think is whether no matter like you're saying it extends from prostitution to to bartending, to being a grocery worker, to being, you know, and it goes up. I think that it's, it's kind of when, when there's this much inequality, the hierarchy is like impossible to, to do at its best. And I'm not, there's nothing again, inherently wrong with the hierarchy either. I think there's something natural to that too, but the, the inequality, the gap is what really matters. You can, and, um, yeah, I just feel like that's, there, I, I like to think there's not as many people like that. There's probably more people that look down on prostitutes and when would tell you like they and leave good tips for bartenders, you know, and are like, mm-hmm. this is like, this is honest work, you know. Yeah. And I think there, I think there's more people like that, but it, it, it really is that mentality that you're you're hitting on that I think is what we have to, we've got to correct in in human nature. Like it's something we don't need anymore. It's maybe it's something that made sense to be that competitive when we were all fucking chasing savage. animals. Yes, when we were sa- more savage. More but savage. If, yeah. But if the goal is to become more, more dirty, <laughs> yeah, to be less savage, to be more perfect. Mm-hmm. And there's things of our savage nature that were like good too. I guess you know, there's like we still had love. We still had. Yeah. We had moments of peace and celebration and all these traditions and cool stuff that came out of it, you know, mm-hmm. like in dancing. Respect for the earth. Yeah, and for each other to some degree. We, I think yeah. we're getting better and better. as, as, as And that's something to do. And that's why I love, like, your mentality through all the chaos of what's going on right now of, like, spread love, not, not hate, is that's what gets us through, you know. And there is something to be said, too, like, once it gets so bad, it's like... When do you fi- when do you finally stand up for yourself and fight back and like mm-hmm. and and say and say fuck it it's so far gone like I'm just being right. beat up on there is a point you know but mm-hmm. like we're not 
we got to remember we're we're not at physical war here. We haven't been provoked, and like I don't think you need to you, you shouldn't take up that kind of uprising, especially when you look at how much progress there is too. Yeah, with how much more loving we're becoming as 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 uh, as a people, as a human race, that uh, it's worth like preserving that and just you know pushing along and more killing him with love yeah but at what at what point does the prostitute gotta be like yo fuck this pimp you know what i mean i would say at that point definitely (laughs) she needs to and and that's uh, that's what i'm saying though like all these what if coronavirus and these protests are that facade you know what if they are that 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 trick you know what i mean that that cheap con to like make us do something that we don't even realize that we're doing to keep us working you know and so like personally Mm -hmm. i I get where you're coming from obviously i love spreading love Mm -hmm. like i would love to just i would love the idea that love is powerful enough to overcome every every, you know every big problem or yeah injustice or whatever but I've also, I'm also not black, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not black. I've not, you know, I was raised in a middle class family and, you know, I, the, these people are pissed off. Like, I mean, Dave Chappelle uh, released 846, which is a 30 minute special on YouTube. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, I watched it a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times. You got to because it's so good. It, dude. dude, yeah. Uh, I can sit by my phone just waiting for more Chappelle content. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but it's... Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I wish he had just social media. Could you imagine? I mean, he, yeah, uh, I'm glad he doesn't. Yeah, out of the integrity oh, shit, aspect of it, but um, I hope I get, I reach a point. I'll be right back. I'm sorry to interrupt you. My laptop's about to die. Oh, okay. Cut this part out. I hope. Well, I, I'm gonna keep talking. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I hope I reach a point at, you know, at some point in my life where I get to delete, you know, all my social medias. Like I'm right now, I'm having the ideas of, you know, trying to you know i have to like consider my brand a little bit more and like organize my instagram and do all this shit what it comes down to i I would like to not have to to pimp myself out just so to get more listeners and whatnot but that's where i'm at in my life right now that's where i'm at in the game there's a point in the game where you get to quit you know there's a point in the game where it's like all right you know, it, my brand kind of speaks for itself now. Dave Chappelle doesn't have to have social media or anything, right? Right. Um, but what it comes back to in A46, he says right now, the streets are talking for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, they are, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I was not born in the streets, but if I was, and I am at this point in history, it's like, I don't know if Malcolm X was right. I don't know if, if Martin was right. You know what I mean? That's that too. And they work together on things, you know? It's the yin and yang. Yeah, and I don't want to say that Malcolm X, like, his... There is reason for that, and that's, like, one thing that's taught me this. And even Martin Luther King, although he didn't think it was the best practice, his speeches, he doesn't condemn it. Mm-hmm. He says he shouldn't do it, obviously. Exactly. And I do agree with that. Like, I think it, it, it does... You take away your resources when you when you destroy them, but mm-hmm. you also take away... You are the resource to the system as well, and if... And the, the, the way it, a lot of governments work right now is that they just... They do the bare minimum to keep people, like just trucking along and just like accepting it they keep them comfortable enough the majority of them comfortable enough to keep people from turning against them and the people that are making a hundred thousand dollars they identify more with the rich mm-hmm. with the elite they want to they everybody do. wants to identify right. with the people above them right which i kind of like i think prostitutes, that is prostitutes are like yeah I'm, I'm in the porn industry but right. no you're right. in the prostitute industry yeah. <laughs> i'm a filmmaker yeah <laughs> Artiste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people in the porn. Yeah, I'm an artist. Which well. that's an interesting. We can get into that a little bit too. Yeah, like, definitely. Porn is art. I, yeah. Just, well, I'm kind so of back and forth, did you but... finish 
Your yeah, yeah. Which what, what was I? Do you, you remember? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, you know, the people making hundred thousand dollars are going to want to uh, relate to. The oh yeah, yeah, people. yeah. Um, I just like they think that they relate more to the elite than they do the homeless person or the impoverished person. Mm-hmm. But you were just you were one shitty act, like shitty situation away. If they're yeah. going under, you're going to lose your job too. Yeah, and then you're going to be living. You're not going to be able to keep up with your standard of living anymore. You, that's part of it too. Is like the more money you make, the different, the more standard. you live. Yeah your, yeah, your your standard goes up, and and that's good. That's normal. But you have to keep that in mind too, and that should be humbling to to realize like if you're even. If you're at a point where you're wor- where you could worry about money because of one situation, then like you're way more like the impoverished person and the and the the homeless person than you are fucking Jeff Bezos. Like, yeah. Like, but it's it, it's a lot of it's like an image thing, and it's hard not to get one when you have money. And I find myself doing it. You know, I'm like fucking fo- foaming at the mouth just to get this unemployment money. Oh yeah. And I realize how like absurd that is. A lot of times I have like very little money, and I'm just like. Oh fuck it! I like it. It's like I'm I'm having a great life. I still enjoy yeah, myself. Yeah. But as soon as an opportunity comes up to it's where it's like, like you could get this, get, like get more. Yeah, I'm like it's hard not to think about, and then it stresses me out more. And that's like so people a lot of the mo money mo problems mentality is partially <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would make me a lot of it though is just realizing my position and realizing how much more comfortable it would be if I did have some extra money, you know. And like especially as you grow older, you have to. You got more bills. You got more responsibilities. Even if you don't have a family, like I got to start paying off student loans soon. I'm gonna have to get on my own health care. I'm gonna have to do all of these things. You oh know? yeah. And that's like, it's just it, I, there's so much money involved where it doesn't have to be that desperate. Nobody, should, they could still live the same. The richest of the rich could live essentially the same exact lifestyle that they're living if they mm-hmm. just didn't hoard as much wealth as they have. And then at, using that wealth from that one percent could literally provide for the desperate situations that people are stuck in, you know, like just having a basic living and not having to worry about that. Like how much better the world would be in every industry if like people, if we could achieve that. And I think a lot of rich people want to achieve that too. Cause it's like the whole idea of, do you want, you want to see more winners, right? You want to mm-hmm. see more people achieving things and everybody's got a different idea of what they want to do, but you shouldn't, it's like a quality of opportunity. And I don't think there's, there's a lot of that. So I, yeah, I'm, just, I, I, I'm still play, in some middle ground, but I don't think looking at how much progress there is, I don't, to me think there's, even as I become more, I mean, obviously I'm not, <laughs> like you said, we're not black. So we, we really, at the end of the day, I do agree. Don't get to say how they, they handle the situation because progress does come sometimes from Malcolm X did make a lot of progress. Did mm-hmm. he get the civil rights act passed like mm-hmm. Martin Luther King did? No. And that's <laughs> probably the most progress ever made yeah. for the black community uh, in history. But so that's why I still lean to think that from what I know, at least, that Martin Luther King was more influential. But then you have things like the the Stonewall incident with uh, Marsha uh, P. something, I can't remember her last name, but she was like a trans advocate, and they rioted for five days and finally passed some bill. They finally got mm-hmm. it through to, to make that happen. So it's like, it worked. Yeah. It definitely has some effect, but mm-hmm. is it... If we start doing that on a massive level, that was one thing. Yeah, no, it, it didn't incite everybody doing that. It would wouldn't the issues probably get worse? Yeah. And right. I, you, start, you have to you'd start from, the, you burn it all down, then you start from the ground up, and that's going to make it harder. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to redo everything, but it's, mm-hmm. well, it's I think harder. That, that comes along with the, the, I don't know, I like the idea of the, you know, the Martin versus Malcolm aspect. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
Martin was always the more professional one. You know, he was going to be the one that more people in the uh, civilized world kind of yeah. relate to. And, our, and that he's the one that we're going to learn about in the history books because yeah. more influential, he got these things done because of that. But in reality, without Malcolm there as like kind of a threat underneath Martin, you know, Martin was doing these things to pass these things peacefully. But he's like, he's like, listen, if you don't, if you don't work with me on this, if we don't pass this act, like, what do you think Malcolm's going to do? You know what I mean? Exactly. And so Malcolm is like, yeah, Malcolm is like that, is like the, it's the underbelly. It's really kind of what we're talking about Mm -hmm. in in the end. It's like that there's this, there is a world that we are savage human beings. We're flaws. There's hate in the world. It's a yin and yang thing. Like hate exists, fear exists, but you know, it's how you use that. And so Mm -hmm. like for Martin to be like, look at that fear, look at that hate, you know, it's, you want to side with love, but love isn't always, you know. Yeah, they say, I, I don't know. they say you can't fight fire with fire, but you have to. Compl- you still have to assess mm-hmm. how big the fire is and how fast it's spreading. And like, so hey, uh, I wish there was a solid like cut off halfway point to do here. Uh, I try I honestly did try to pick the best one I could. Um, this was a, a little bridge from the conversation about coronavirus and uh, the protests and everything to. Uh, a little bit of, uh, of the next topic, which you'll have to, you know, if you want to hear the rest of this fire burning on the dance floor analogy by Joey Becker, this amazing analogy, then, you know, check out the next episode. Check out part part two uh, coming out on Minds Wide Open. Uh, appreciate you listening. Hit Joey with a follow on Instagram. Hit him with love. Hit him with all your all your thoughts don't hit me because i i don't like being hit anyways thanks for listening appreciate it look out for part two thank you amen okay bye